You brought me out here to find problems. Tomorrow night is New Year's Eve. Tomorrow night? They, they should have gotten started about on this. I to say, a long time ago. A good while ago. Yes. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are going back to the past. Back to that quaint, wonderful time <laughs> that we all hold dear. Yeah. Y2K. Technological nightmare. That's right. The year 2000. Everyone thought the world was going to end. Yeah. People in the year 1999, for maybe people who don't uh, remember, blocked it mm-hmm. or were too young to have experienced this. I know. I was wondering if there's anybody who just doesn't know about this. Oh, absolutely. You think? Yeah. Maybe. If somebody was born in the year 2000, they're turning 22 this year. Right. It, but absolutely. like, you know, I've heard of things that I wasn't around for. I don't know I, anything that happened before the ni- year 1986. <laughs> <laughs> I assume there was no world. But I mean, it, you know, nothing really came of it. So it's not totally impossible I that know. it just hasn't come up for kids. Like, I don't think they're teaching about Y2K in school. Yeah, I, I, because... yeah, it's probably it's it's irrelevant now. There's too much new stuff to teach, right? But so yeah, everybody thought that when the clocks changed mm-hmm. uh, uh, to 2000, you'll explain this. Kristen did the the real life research of of the what, and yep. I've got some pop culture that is so stupid. I'm Excellent. very excited to tell you about it. Oh, good. But um, yeah, everybody thought when the year 2000 rolled over, all the the computers around the globe mm-hmm. would not understand right what's happening. We right. were just in 99, zero, zero. What is it, the Stone Age? Yeah, exactly. Is it the year zero now? What are we to do? I know, so stupid. But before we dive into all of that, I want to say for people out there who may not be able to see us right now, um, check the show notes. You'll find a link to the video version of the show mm-hmm. where you can look at the new Guide to the Unknown set. Yes. It has been a long time coming. I've always wanted to do this. Yep. But also, the, we record in my basement and we had that flood mm-hmm. a few months back that destroyed yeah. everything we had to gut the place put a new floor in and now what we've done uh it's the patreon stuff it's patreon.com slash gttu pod that enabled us to rebuild to build back better yes we painted this wall a nice deep foresty green mm-hmm. and half of the wall is wallpapered with this deep Glossy black on black. What did you call it? It's flocked. Flocked? I believe. Flocked wallpaper. It looks very Haunted Mansion to me. Yeah. That's the best that I can put it. And on the wall, we have got artwork either made by or sent in by you, mm-hmm. by our listeners. So we've got the Ghost is for Just Face yep. callback. Yep. We've even got uh, some artwork there. Uh, my Banshee Hates Me. Yes. As a cross stitch. From Carolyn and Amy. We've got, I mean, truly, look at the video and you can you can see any number of callbacks. Obviously, Drew's wonderful retro art yes. of us. So I've got the old time Willie framed hanging over my shoulder. Chris yep. has old time Chrissy. Mm-hmm. And there's us as twins over there. Yeah. Um, thank you all so much. Yes. Uh, I'm so happy to be in our new stable place with with new microphones with right guide to the unknown is it, guide to the unknown 2.0 yeah absolutely 2.0 for 2022 and i also want to very special shout out my wife Allie for i mean truly i was going to say for helping me do this mm-hmm. let's be honest Allie wallpapered this we painted it Allie had the plan yeah i didn't know what i was doing right i helped hold the wallpaper sometimes and spray it with a water bottle so the glue would activate mm-hmm. but so special shout out to Allie. uh thank I, you Allie. i'm so excited to have this new set going yeah, um i love it I, i'll stop going on and on about it now but i'm very happy yeah it yeah. looks really beautiful um, okay, so let's talk Y2K. Please. Now, you basically touched on what it is. The idea was that in the year 1999, um, there was concern because when people were developing the first computer systems in the 60s and 80s, they designed them um, to work with a two-year system. Right. So the last two digits of a year. So 1999, computers just read as 99. Yeah. So if they were going to be switching over to the year 2000, there was a lot of concern that those zero zeros weren't going to register as the next number in sequence, which is 2000, that they would register as 1900. And what would that do? It would send us all back to 1900. 
Nobody would know how to work anything. But what would that mean? What would Cars it mean? Cars would turn into horses and buggies. <laughs> it would all just, in um, the blink of an eye, revert. We would all of a sudden be wearing crinolines instead of fanny packs. Now, what the hell is a crinoline? A crinoline is something that goes um, underneath your skirt to make it poofier. Oh. Mm-hmm. And fanny packs replace that? Yes. <laughs> in your understanding? Yeah. Okay. I think that was the evolution of the crinoline, is that it became a fanny pack eventually. Do you have anything in your research that that exemplifies what people thought it meant for the computers to go, oh, no, it's 1900. Yeah, they just thought that they were all going to shut down. Oh, like they would they would go like, but this is impossible. Right, right. And go to sleep. Yes, okay. basically. They, that just nothing would work. Okay. Um, so they wouldn't really think it's like the year 1900, but it wouldn't make sense to the They're computer. Like, There's nothing after 99. Yeah, right, right. And that the computer would just shut down and not be able to handle it. Now, I'm sure it was very hard to make a computer. Oh, God, I'm yeah. I'm certain of it. It had to be. Had to be. But, I can only assume. But isn't it weird that they didn't go like, yeah, two-digit two year. Well, should we think about this? And maybe, like, what happens after 99? Well, you know what? Like, they no were, one thought of that? There were still people who kind of took a shortcut because there was actually a problem in 2020. Because some, so there are like some systems where they like did exactly what they needed to do. They're all good. Yeah. There are some computer systems where they took some sort of shortcut to make sure there'd be no problem for the year 2000, but it only went up to, I think the year 19 or something. So when we're switching over to 2020, they had to scramble and fix that problem. Computers don't know about 20. I guess not. <laughs> I don't know about it the wasn't, 20. It wasn't a widespread thing, yeah. but in my research, I found out that there was a mini Y2K in 2020 because of a shortcut that some people took or something. So here's the real question. Yes. Is it happening again or will it happen again? Did, so, did somebody put the Band-Aid like on it. it and go like, whew, that was close. Well, at least we're set until the year 2029. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, I didn't come across anything saying that it's going to happen again and we'll have to get on top of it. Right. I think that they... Well, because eventually what's going to happen is it'll be 2049 mm -hmm. and they'll go, we didn't know. We didn't know computers didn't know about 50. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody's looking ahead necessarily. They're, they all fix the problem in the moment. That's what happened yeah. for a lot of these systems that just like... They were like, we need to get however many other years out of this. And they just didn't extend it indefinitely or whatever. Um, so, yeah, people just thought that the computer systems were going to go down. Like the grid was going to go down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> prison gates would open because everything is computer based. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the gates to Arkham Asylum are going to be blown open and they're just going to be like poking out, like looking both ways and like. Can I leave? All right, I guess I'm out. Do you think prisoners, <laughs> do you think people in prisons were watching this on TV and being like, really? this is going to be awesome. Like watching the doors yeah, and right. just waiting, yeah. licking their lips? I guess so. I guess so. Do you have any, do you have any personal recollection of these times? Not really. I, I have to admit. Like I, you vaguely. Know, I vaguely remember people talking about it. I would have been pretty damn young. Mm -hmm. And... I, I think it only reached my arena as, <laughs> can you believe some people think this? Yeah, I, I know that I had no concern about it. Yeah. And that it was, yeah, like some kooky people think that this is going to happen. Yeah. So I certainly, I'm, you know, I'm sure some places people were very serious about it. Mm -hmm. But definitely in my own experience, it was sort of a tongue in cheek thing from the get go. Yeah, yeah, completely. It was never something that I thought would happen. It wasn't something that our parents talked about. Right. Um. So, yeah. Believe me, if I thought that my... Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening save <laughs> might have been affected. Right. I've been all over this. <laughs> I might have become a, a computer engineer. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Your life could have taken a completely different turn. Yeah, can you imagine? I can imagine. Um, so ATMs would stop working like at midnight on January 1st, the year 2000. Basically, everything that holds our society together the glue. was just going to crash. Just Anything go. technological. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's basically what they were thinking. Um, hold on one second. Mom's calling me. Oh, okay. Hold on. Uh, one moment, hold folks. On. We'll be back. Sorry. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Mom. Hang on. I'm yeah, going to yeah, put yeah. you on speaker. Okay. So, you know, we moved in December of 99 from St. Louis to New Jersey. Right. Right. And the concern was our closing date was going to be 1-1. 
And so Dick and I moved it up to 1230, December 30th, because we were concerned about paperwork not being approved for the sale of the house. Oh. Okay. That's pretty stressful. We were were coming from St. Louis uh, in mid-December, the two of you guys. You were relatively young, but not that young. But... Yeah, we were concerned about the banks not uh, transferring funds. Uh huh. If it was after January one, so that's why we had to move things up a couple of days oh. to have everything wrapped up by December thirtieth. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Honestly, I might have done the same thing because you just don't know. Like, I wouldn't have thought that everything's going to shut down, but it certainly can't hurt, right? I think I just realized why you and I don't have much recollection of it. Because we were probably dragging mom and dad down by being like, moving again? Uh, what do you mean? Absolutely. My whole world's being turned upside down. And they're worried that the bank won't release money. Yeah, it was absolutely As we move that. halfway across the country. Yeah. 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 Yes. Because, Will, you were in middle school and Chris was in the first year, I think, of high school. Yeah. And it was, no, it was a sophomore year. You were not loving us for moving to begin right. with, but... The point was that it was all happening the last couple of days of the, the millennium. Yeah. Oh, wow. The millennium. Yeah. Oh, the my God. So it- I remember it, <laughs> and I just remember being, we were astounded that on, like, January 2nd, everything seemed normal. Yeah. Huh. We, were, we were in our new house. The banks hadn't closed. Hmm. Do you remember how you did? Were you purely relieved to like be now in the new place, or did you have this feeling of like, well, when is the shoe gonna drop? Or, or, whoo, the world's still here. It was a lot of whoo. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was that because there's been a drumbeat, you know, for le- the last maybe from Halloween on that year. Yeah. We knew we were moving. Uh, the world kept talking about how everything could screw up. Planes would drop from the sky because airplane uh, controls w- might freeze up if they hadn't been renewed correctly. Mm-hmm. And who knew how to renew them? You know, they were going to have to do some research on this. Yeah. So it, it was deep anxiety. So while, so aside from closing on the house, were you afraid in general of Y2K and the world? Were you part of the, like, were you anxious about that? Or mostly just the, the bank and how would it affect the closing? Mostly finances, mostly whether you guys were going to acclimate to a new place. That was a biggie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's something. Yeah. You know, having two kids that, that were had moved already from Connecticut to St. Louis and now we're moving to New Jersey. You were both, you know, very young and very unhappy with Dick and I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> what are you gonna do? When, <laughs> it all worked world out. Did not explode. No. It, it, well, my world exploded. Yeah, exactly. Mom, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't hear you. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. This does not register. Do you, have a, do you have a problem, Kristen? Can we address this at some other time? I was just trying to open up the discussion. Okay. For well, people I'm people who aren't maybe I don't know nineteen and a half, and I've never heard about this. <laughs> well. I- <laughs> Well, I'm very glad you did. Yes, no, so am I. Yeah, this thank was you fascinating, for this. Mom. Thank you. Well, you'll look back in in the near future, future, I hope, and realize that I've always tried to do things that were right for you guys. Oh, oh I think we're breaking up. The move notwithstanding, love <laughs> I, you so I, much. I have to go. All right, I love you, Mom. I love you. <laughs> all right. Bye, bye, bye Mom. All right. Wow. That was excellent. Kathy Rogers reporting from the field. That, yeah, for exactly. She was our, uh, our yeah. Y2K correspondent. Yes, Y2K correspondent Kathy Rogers. Thank you. I do have to say that does make a lot of sense why Y2K didn't make much of a blip on our radar. Not really. Yeah. like <laughs> A little occupado at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Might have had a little too much going on. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> we were 13 and 16. And, yeah. You know. Um. So, yeah. So, anyway, we weren't super aware of it. No, but, but thank you, Mom. That was great. Yes, thank you, Mom. That really was awesome. But by the way, does this mean, is Mom a Patreon? A, a patron? Yes. We only live stream on patreon.com slash pod. She is. 
I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. She watches regularly. What is she, a, a, a ghost, a banshee, or a demon? I think she's a ghost. She's a ghost? Yeah. We can hook her up with the demon feed. Of course. Yeah. Mom, don't, don't worry. Think she gonna... needs it. She doesn't like listen to the episodes. She watches the live thing. Mom, She's not like watching our Patreon episodes. Well, I have a message for one person out there. Mom, like, <laughs> comment, subscribe. Smush that like button. Mommy, smush that like button. <laughs> or else when I get home, it is going to be a bear of a fight. Yeah, exactly. Leave us a, a five-star review on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, that was wonderful. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so, um, so yeah. Basically, people thought that just like all the systems were going to be going down. And so for some people, kind of a prepper mentality took hold. Uh. Now, that's something that we know about um, from later years. There's like a show called Doomsday Preppers that's been out for I don't know how long, the last five years. It wasn't certainly a Y2K thing. Um, But and I think that like an increase in Internet activity and social media which wasn't a thing in Y2K. Like the internet was a thing, but social media yeah, wasn't really. True. Has probably increased um, the amount of preppers out there because they can compare notes. They can see what other people are doing well, and decide to do that too. And we're now living in a, a, a COVID world. But, but like Doomsday Preppers people... was like a show that came out like way before COVID. Oh, certainly. I'm yeah. just saying the reaction to like, oh, some big event is happening. Mm-hmm. Everybody run and get your supplies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we've now lived through an event that appears to be far more mm-hmm. um, meaningful than Y2K. And oh, everybody yeah. bought toilet paper. And I went to the grocery store just yesterday and a lot of the aisles were empty. Yeah. So like I, I kind of get it. Right. I know. When I order actually one person out there. Our mom will understand this story when we had we a just shift. dedicate. How do you, I guess it's it's sort of meaningless <laughs> to just be like this show's dedicated. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean anything. But mom, this show's for you. This show's for you, mom. <laughs> um, when we got a shipped order today, at first yeah. I thought my frozen burritos weren't a part of it. Oh, good. Thought God. they were out of them. No, and wasn't super surprised oh, because geez. I know that there's supply shortages all over the place. But then mom calls upstairs. Guess what? What? They were in there. Oh, thank you. She was looking for a box of burritos. I feel like I can breathe again. I had bought individual burritos. She wasn't expecting that. Well, you want to hear a horror story? Yeah. It's going to make you scream. Mm -hmm. We ordered pickup from ShopRite. Allie, a a number of things just appear to be missing. Yeah. But also Allie wanted to make calzones, so she put pizza dough in there. I'm taking half of one of your calzones home. Not if I have anything to say about it. They're delicious. <laughs> she offered it to me. So um, <laughs> she wanted pizza dough and she wanted to get strawberries uh-huh. for baby Zoe. Not for the calzones, surely. No, not for the calzones. Don't worry. It's not a strawberry <laughs> calzone. But so uh, white strawberries came home. And and they, you know, sometimes if you do these pickup orders, they'll be like, oh, we don't have something. So we substituted. Right. We didn't have smooth peanut butter. I gave you crunchy. Right. Here they said, oh, we were out of pizza dough. Here's some sour cream. <laughs> so we ended up having to pick up our order and go into the store where the sour cream is right next to the pizza dough. So I guarantee. That's also like your most hated condiment. Oh, 100%. So of all things. Uh, that's why I said it's a horror story. Yeah. So um, uh, I guarantee that this was like a teenager. Uh-huh. That was just oh, like, yeah. oh, boy. Whatever. This sucks. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather uh, post a Snapchat on TikTok <laughs> than have to <laughs> pick up pizza dough, sour cream, same diff. Yeah, that's so weird. so weird. Anyway. Oh God. So I mean, yeah, not dissimilar to now. People were like, "I'm not gonna be able to get my hands on pizza dough once Y2K hits, right. so I better get my sour cream stock of course. up." Um, So people were doing things like stockpiling canned goods because if the electric grid goes down, then your oven isn't going to work and your microwave aren't going to work. So we're going to have to be cooking over like flames that you create with matches or lighter or like flint or whatever. Um, And I wanted to shout out the idea of putting tinfoil on windows because one of our listeners last week while we were doing our live show and we discussed that we were going to do Y2K next week in our post show, said, oh, I remember people wanted to put tinfoil on windows. And you were like, why were they doing that? And I did not remember either. It was basically um, like apocalyptic air conditioning. So it was to block the sun Oh, in the summer because, you know, Y2K would be happening in January. But if the world falls apart, the world fo- falls apart. So in the summer, it's going to get hot. So people had like tinfoil saved 
to put on the windows to reflect the sun. But that's just going to turn your house into a baked potato. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I don't know if that's really the best way to go about that, but whatever. But to be fair, we don't know how anything works. That's true. So, yeah, yeah you're right. That, that could be exactly the <laughs> right be thing exactly to do. exactly what you need. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if you were covering a, a record album with tinfoil to tan yourself in the 70s, it was because the tinfoil was reflecting hot sun onto your face yeah so i guess the tinfoil will be reflecting hot sun out into the world and not your house but if you're cooking a baked potato it doesn't leave the potato uncooked <laughs> and cook the rest of the oven you know what i mean so the point yeah. is i don't know we don't know and you will never there's know. no way to know there's no way for us to know and we're never gonna find out no okay um so <laughs> It was a big enough deal that the government set up a hotline to answer questions about Y2K to put people's minds at ease. Yeah. Um, and it's like a lot of people believed it, but not a ton, ton of people. So in 1998 in December, because it was already on people's radar in like 98, there was a Gallup poll asking, do you think that there are going to be any major problems from Y2K? And 34% people, uh, 34% of people said yes. Huh. Then the Gallup poll did the same thing in 1999. So the month before Y2K would be happening, and only 12% of people said that they thought that there was going to be a major problem from That's it. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, it was big enough that mm-hmm. the government wanted to set up a hotline and get ahead of it, but not so huge that like it was widespread panic or anything. Right. But in certain communities, it probably did feel like widespread panic because you live in your own bubble. And in a lot of religious communities, um, not all by any stretch, um, there was a lot of concern about Y2K because remember like our years, our year numbers are years since the birth of Jesus. So really well, the year two thousand the- theoretically. The year two thousand yeah. is two thousand years since Jesus was born. Like that's why our number system is the way it is. So year stuff is intrinsically linked to a lot of like different um what's it called? It's not sects of Christianity, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Branches. But it's, a, it's it, yeah, it, it is I mean, we're not the only people to point this out, but it is mm-hmm. weird that like yes, what that we our... consider to be time yes. is based on a religious figure. And it's just life canon. Right. Yeah, exactly. For everybody. We all have adhered to yeah. this thing that is just like centralized in Christianity, right. which is completely weird, yeah. but it is what I guess it's not it's not weird. It's strange, it's not but it's not surprising. Yeah. But it's weird. Um so it was tied to religion in a yeah. lot of ways because of that, because a lot of people are thinking of these numbers of years in a um, in a religious way. So for them, this is like a huge ass birthday, basically the tw- the two thousandth birthday. Um, Happy huge ass birthday. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so there is a branch of Christianity. Um, called millennial Christianity that thought that the end was near and not only that but that that merited some sort of action like you you know it's coming we're not just going to do nothing we have to do something about it Um, so news reports about millennial Christianity started coming out in 98 Um, so like I said it's not you know People were thinking about the year 2000 before the whole Y2K phenomenon, but they did definitely start to tie in together when we were talking about Y2K. Yeah. Um, so the the um, awareness of millennial Christians was a thing already, but then Y2K becomes a thing, and obviously those sort of match up. So if you're already looking for signs that the end is near, if you're somebody who's a millennial Christian and you're like the year 2000 – is ushering in some sort of apocalypse or rebirth or reckoning, and you're looking for signs of that, and you're seeing the coverage of Y2K, Right. that seems like that would be a humongous sign to me Yeah. if I were in that mindset. So obviously that only sort of served to heighten this sort of worry around everything. So there's even a, um, a term for this. It's techno-millennialism. It's the belief that signs of end times can be seen in modern technology. So that yeah, that's, all... Uh, that's intriguing. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. Again, if you believe that there are signs for these things to look, uh, signs of these things to look for, you're looking for them in the modern world. So even though the idea of these things is maybe ancient or or arcane, you're looking in current day places for signs. And a lot of current day stuff is technologically based. So why wouldn't... Well, here, I'll put it it another way. Mm -hmm. If you believe in god and Mm -hmm. end times and and you know doomsday yeah why and it influences everything you do Mm -hmm. why should new technology be immune yeah exactly like yeah it it just is what it is cell phones yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. tool of of destruction right of course like of course they could give us a good sign of something um but also, again, some Christians already felt that the internet and technology was a tool of the devil because this is a portal between you and anyone and anything else in the world, even yeah. in 1999, even though it wasn't um, like structured as social media, you could still email, you could still see websites, right. whatever. So you can really be exposed to things that you wouldn't normally be exposed to. So the internet's a tool of the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, something I might agree. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, my decree was that good Uh, uh, yeah it was great cool show it's perfect um so it's a portal for you to access evil things you can look up whatever website and see something that's terrible and evil and also those things have access to you yeah somebody could cold call you somehow email you something whatever so then from their perspective what happens when that framework which is already has or that already has a lot of potential for evil when that becomes even less stable if the grid is going down oh. if the internet is going to be all messed up um wouldn't that close the yeah portals? right that would close the portal i'm not uh, this is not i don't think yeah, this is I know. a flaw on your i know no 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 but you're right yeah it, for their logic right it you'd closes think it down that that's a good the internet thing. is closing the portal mm-hmm. from me to a, a, a demon yeah right hmm. good i don't know i mean i don't know I don't know. Who, I mean, who knows? I was about to say, who cares? Yeah. And then I but... almost stopped myself. I'm going to reinstate it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I don't I care. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, so that was concerning, basically. Yeah. But again, like with anything, people are of a bunch of whole different minds about it. So sure. some people were concerned about that. There were some people who were kind of hopeful and excited about it because, first of all, if you think that the internet is perhaps a tool of the devil, you might be looking forward to it going back to a simpler time. Yeah. A lot of people talk about simpler times in really romanticized terms. So we're going to have to go back to the land and whatever. Sounds like a nightmare to me, but for some people that might give you more of a focus on what's important. Listen, not to make it a whole thing, mm-hmm. but make America great again. <laughs> I'm not, we, I'm, I, we just want to say. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying. That was not me making a statement. Oh. That's me calling out the notion of... The I thought ro- you were sarcastically... No, no, no Okay, no. I gotcha. The idea of the romanticized previous time when everything was perfect. Yes. There has never been a time where things were perfect. Ever. No. Ever. The world is messy. People are messy. And it's and all relative. It's Exactly. You'll always find something that's taking you away from what's important. I'm yeah. sure that they did that on Little House on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. Like, think about the way that for a baby... You know, like spilling your Cheerios is a huge deal and you like cry and freak out. But at that point, your world is small enough that that is a huge deal to you. Like Uh that's a big focus of your life. So it's not like ridiculous or anything. It's just relative. And so you will always relatively find something that is whatever. People were finding ways to procrastinate before we had phones. Oh, 100%. You know, so whatever. But, um, excuse me, but yeah, so there are people who are excited about it because they romanticized previous times and, um, you know, maybe we can go to ground and survive all the craziness that's going to be happening, you know, out in the regular world. Like they, people were buying second homes that were kind of isolated and being like, we're going to wait out the crazy things that are going to happen in the cities because they're just going to attack and kill each other eventually. And then we, who like have the right mindset are going to be the people who populate the earth and we can make things better. Noah's Ark. Yeah. But you can pick mm-hmm. if you want to be on the Ark or not. Pretty much. And you can create a better society <clears throat> in your image. Yeah. Essentially. Um, and then there were people who were extremist groups who were looking forward to 
the downfall of the government and in a, in a less like um, idealistic like we're just going to wait this out and then it's going to be terrible and sad but we're going to rebuild stronger they were like anarchists or whatever let it burn yeah let yeah. it let it burn sort of people flame is real world <laughs> what what is that that's <laughs> what they say i don't know <laughs> flame is real world yeah it's like a badass thing to say <laughs> <laughs> um so Yes. So like I said, there it's not all Christians who felt this way right. and that were as extreme about it. There were all kinds of people who were all about this. Um, but the New York Times reported that in late 1999, um, the Reverend Jerry Falwell, who I believe you have played on American Hysteria, yeah, yeah. our friend's podcast, yeah. um, suggested that Y2K would be the confirmation of Christian prophecy, God's instrument to shake this nation, to humble this nation. The Y2K crisis might incite a worldwide revival that would lead to the rapture of the church. Along with many survivalists, Mr. Falwell advised stocking up on food and guns. Guns were huge to stock up on as well. Food for sure. Definitely also guns because it's going to be lawlessness. So you might have to defend yourself. Way to go, Jerry. Yeah, I know. I, what, a, what, a, what a nightmare. I got bananas and guns. Yeah. But, but I hope like, you can tell the difference between the two. <laughs> stick them up. No. Um, that's yeah. like my worst nightmare. I know. It's bananas true. and guns. Bananas two of my least favorite things <clears throat> in the world. Right. Um, so, and then, you know, Y2K happened and nothing happened. Right. And so a lot of these people just went like, well, few. Uh-huh. Um. But you know, it could it could always still happen. That seems to be what so, always happens. We should do at some point. We should do an episode that's all end of the world mm-hmm. prophecies. Yeah, because the, there the, are so many. There are so many, and the goal line always gets moved mm-hmm. because people thought the world was going to end in 2012. Mm-hmm. I, I knew people who thought the world was going to end in 2012. Yeah, we did, and um, uh, it didn't happen. Right, and I don't know what those people feel about that i don't know but there's always the next prophecy i've always and Mm. we've all seen it online i couldn't call it names because i'm not really i don't really focus on that kind of a thing but some you know some preacher person goes like well it's really 2017 yeah that's really gonna be the big one yeah and it doesn't happen and things are quiet and then they pop up again going 2025 right and they make a lot of money off of these things like there were the Y2K industry was like a millions and millions of dollar right. industry. I know that um Jim If you have Baker, no scruples, right. You can make a mint off of people's fear. Oh yeah. yeah. Um Jim Baker, who is an evangelical preacher who's married to Tammy Faye. People right. might know that story. Yeah, Jimmy Baker, we all know what he's done. Huh? This is a viral video. There's a, <laughs> some I think it's a comedian. He's going, I want to talk about Jimmy Baker. We all know who he is, what he's done. And then just moves on without if you don't know who Jimmy Baker is, you're in the dark for the next few minutes. Right, right. Yeah, huh. um, yeah he's he's been selling like freeze dried food and stuff um, during COVID for, you know, like prepper purposes. Whatever. It's a lot. So during this time, I just wanted my last thing is that I wanted to shout out a couple of the books that were put out um, around this time to capitalize on the Y2K fears. Okay. Um, there was Millennial Meltdown, Spiritual and Practical Strategies to Survive Y2K, The Y2K Survival Guide and Cookbook, The Millennial Bug, How to Survive the Coming Chaos, and my favorite, Time Bomb 2000, What the Year 2000 Computer Crisis Means to You. Ooh. And this is what the back of the book says. Suddenly, nothing works. Not your phones, not the cash machine, not even your new VCR. All because of a shortcut computer programmers took decades ago. Realistic, practical, and terrifying, it's the first book for everyone who wants to survive the year 2000 computer crisis. Wow. And Not, we all did without did. reading the book. Uh, can you can you believe it? It's incredible that we did that. I know. Calling out your brand new VCR. I know, totally. As something that might not work is amazing because anybody who ever had a VCR knows that thing is always blinking. They never worked. O'clock. They were always on the fritz. Yeah, one hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was that was. I, I didn't know half of that. Yeah. So I I've looked into some pop culture around Y two K. Now the fact of the matter is that uh, a lot of people do this like very tongue in cheek or y2k storylines have happened long after y2k happened as a sort of gag Mm -hmm. of uh like well remember remember in the 2000s what you thought was gonna happen dumb character yeah like i think uh, peter griffin 
on Family Guy was afraid of Y2K or something like that. But uh-huh. it was made years after the fact. I wanted to find things that were of the time. Okay. So I've got but a few, admittedly. But a few co. But one of them took a lot of my time and energy. Okay. And I took so many notes, I'm concerned. So watch the clock and keep me honest. All right. You got uh, half an hour and go. Okay. So uh, I want to start with a quote. I was dreaming when I wrote this. Forgive me if it goes astray. Okay. This is from Prince's song, 1999, admittedly (laughs) written in the year 1982. Sure. But what I did not know is that this party song, party song, (laughs) is apocalyptic. Did you really... You ever I pay attention pay to the attention. lyrics? Yeah. So listen to oh, these yeah, lyrics. Oh, yeah, party over, it's out of t- we're out of time or whatever. Yes, yeah. but it's, it, it, it's a little darker than that. Uh-huh. So um, uh, tonight we're going to party like it's 1999. Bum, 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 bum. So I want to read these lyrics. I don't think. I think it was off key. I think without the words, the noises you just made were unrecognizable as that song. Uh. Someone just clip out that part, play it for someone. We'll see. So I want to read this the way that uh, it was. Lyrics used to be dramatically read on the news. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Here we go. But when I woke up this morning, could have sworn it was Judgment Day. Mm. The sky was all purple. There were people running everywhere, trying to run from the destruction. You know, I don't even care. Say 2000 party over oops out of time. So tonight I'm going to party like it's 1999. Yeah. News organizations, I'm available uh-huh. to do that. Yes. To misconstrue popular lyrics and phrase them weirdly and scarily. I don't think that's misconstruing it. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, that song turned out to have like an apocalyptic vibe to it, which yeah. is kind of interesting, especially given the fact that I think a lot of people, like you said, there was generalized millennium anxiety. Mm-hmm. And this song was written in 1982. Right. But on this side of the new millennium, knowing that there was some uh, people were able to point to a boogeyman there yeah. to say Y2K is the thing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. It does color this yeah. song a little bit. People running yeah, everywhere. Yeah, totally. Trying to run from the destruction. You know, I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Like it's just very, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It still plays very that modern. Is cool. Yeah. So uh, here's the first uh, uh, piece of storytelling from the era I want to share with you. This aired October 31st, Halloween, mm-hmm. 1999. The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror 10. Yeah. Which had a segment called Life's a Glitch, Then You Die. So this is the kind of thing that people would have seen leading up to the end of the year. Right. And so this is what people thought. And granted, it's a comedy show, so they make fun of everything. But I wanted to see what people of the time yeah, would have thinking. depicted this as. And we really have basically two examples of diametrically opposed views yeah. of what Y2K could have been. So here's what The Simpsons did. Homer Simpson, specifically, didn't prep his computer for Y2K. <laughs> He is the reason. <laughs> that wasn't something we were all individually supposed to do, I don't I, believe. Yeah, I, I don't believe. Yeah. But they, they were able to localize it to say, well, that's Homer Simpson's computer. Yeah. You know, Smithers. It ruined everything. Mr. Burns or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the, the ball's been dropped and the world starts going insane. Basically, his computer is the nexus point. It's spread to all the other uh, computers <laughs> around the world. Uh, and they show a montage of things going wrong, which includes Nelson Muntz, mm-hmm. who is trying to Xerox his butt. <laughs> And then there's a zap sound, and suddenly he's inside the copier with his face pressed against the that glass wasn't what from the I was inside. Expecting. It was not what I was expecting either. I, I I don't even know what I was looking for. Yeah, right. But it wasn't that. I didn't think he'd end up inside the thing. No. Um. Uh. Uh. Airplanes start falling out of the sky, mm-hmm. which mom just said. Yes. Airplanes start falling out of the sky, including. I one... mean, if we've got the idea that this might happen, maybe hold the planes. I well, uh, we'll talk about that in a <laughs> okay. little bit. Um, airplanes are falling out of the sky, including one that plops right into the Simpsons backyard. And Marge is looking at the one and she goes, I don't know who's going to clean all this up. <laughs> She's annoyed. Yeah. Um, at, uh, everybody runs to the church. Mm-hmm. Everybody runs to the church for safety. And, uh, the, the, uh, Reverend Lovejoy is trying to convince everybody to stay calm. And then Chief Wiggum. Yeah. The police chief pops open the, pops open the door and goes, they're looting the mall. And he goes, I got nine shoe buffers. <laughs> so everyone rushes out to loot. Yeah. And so now it's exploded. People are running around 
things are on fire. Um, milk starts spraying out of a, a container of milk that Homer's trying to drink. Lisa says there must have been a microchip in there. <laughs> Streetlights are shooting lasers at people. Krusty the Clown's pacemaker um, uh, goes on the fritz and he dies. Oh, no. Although in my notes, it autocorrected to Cruz the Clown. Oh, I, um, I like him less. I know. Uh, on Krusty the Clown's body, they find a ticket for Operation Exodus. It is... Oh, is it like a doomsday cult thing? No, not... I mean, maybe. Uh-huh. But it's a it's a rocket. It's a spaceship oh. that is supposed to take, like, rich, wealthy, famous, uh, you know, geniuses. Krusty the Clown's in there? Famous. Yeah. <laughs> Krusty the Clown got a ticket. Yeah. Uh, off the planet so that when the Earth dies because mm -hmm. of Y2K, they can restart somewhere else and, yeah. and kickstart human civilization. So the Simpsons take his ticket. Mm -hmm. Turns out he's not dead. They keep running. Uh, when they get there, they wait on a line uh, of people that includes Stephen Hawking and Pro Professor Frank. It turns out uh, they they realize this is Crest of the Clown's ticket. They won't let them on board, but they go, oh, Lisa Simpson. Yes, we've heard about you, and she's allowed to come, but nice. she's only allowed to pick one parent. And she goes, Mom. <laughs> immediately, That's really funny. Immediately takes her mom and Maggie, and they get on that spaceship. So now Homer and Bart are left on an exploding planet. Yeah. And as they run a little bit away, they see a second spaceship, and nobody seems to be guarding it. So they get on board, and it's also loaded with all the beautiful people. They're like, oh, we're going to leave Earth, all those stupid people behind, while we're saved with the likes of Dan Quayle. <laughs> Tanya Harding. Oh my God. And it's... then Homer goes, Tom Arnold. And then they realize that they're on a spaceship that is heading into the sun. It's really funny. So there are two spaceships that leave Earth. That is very of the time. They specifically have a spaceship that's supposed to take the beautiful people yep. to restart civilization. And they also went to the effort to build a spaceship to fire Tom Arnold into the sun. <laughs> Friend of the show, Tom Arnold. Friend of the show, Tom Arnold, who appeared in episode 200 of Guide to the Unknown. Yes. Got we had an extended interview with him. Shocking. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway. Was he I in it? Did they have his voice? No, the he's yeah, just like yeah. walking down the aisle. Okay. And uh, uh, then I was really curious to see what happened next. And uh, what happened was fascinating. The YouTube video ended and YouTube auto played the ultimate Ralph Wiggum compilation. So I watched. So is that what took your day? So I watched some of that. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> In case you were wondering. So here's the, here's the other thing that I watched. And it took, it took longer than you'd think. Okay. I looked at movies about Y2K. Yeah. And it sent me down a rabbit hole of things that are unrelated to the event Y2K um, until I found this. Y2K, Countdown to Chaos. Okay. Which is also known as Y2K, the movie. Wow. It was released in 1999. It is a TV movie. That sounds right. That aired on NBC. Oh, okay. Here's what you need to know about the broad strokes production okay have is it from broad strokes productions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you seen the jeff goldblum will smith movie independence day yes i have which is about a global nightmare event yeah i love independence day <sighs> i love it i'll watch that any time of the year well then you might really enjoy y2k countdown to chaos i don't think so i think i need the celebrities in it so <laughs> you won't get that here. okay the guy you remember in A Christmas Story, that kid whose face gets stuck to a pole? Yeah. Oh, no, wait. No, the guy the with the yellow eyes? Kid? Yeah, the yeah. scary kid? Yeah. He's in it. Oh, I mean, no. Remember Miles Bennett Dyson from Terminator 2? No. He's in it. Okay. Who else? The only reason he's in it is because Terminator 2 was about an apocalypse event. Oh, okay. So they put him here so that you'll feel like you're watching Terminator 2 sometimes. Weird. Definitely. I mean, right? I guess. Like typecast as a techno end of the world uh -huh. guy. Um, who else? Who else? I'm out. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, so anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to like that. So this, just like Independence Day, is about, it's, it's about a, a, a massive cast of characters um, all across the world. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it'll just cut 
and we'll be following somebody that's like Eddie's soldier. And I have no <laughs> idea who he is, but he has his own plot. There's- so, you know, I mean, I don't think you've seen these things, but do you remember there was a boom of movies after the movie? He's just not that into you where it'd be like a bunch of different people in different storylines in one movie. So like there's love like love actually. Uh, yeah. Or playing yeah, I by guess heart. So. I've never seen that, but I know what it is. Okay. But there was, um, there was, he's just not that into you. There was Valentine's day and okay. there was, I think new year's Eve or something. It sounds like one of those sort of, yeah, it's just, it's just, there's so many people there's, you know, independence day has the a plot, mm-hmm. which is a B plot. I don't know of Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. And then it's got like the C plot of Will Smith's, why a Vivica yeah. Fox mm-hmm. and then the D plot of Jeff Goldblum's dad and then oh, the yeah. E plot of Randy Quaid and then the F plot of the president and the G plot of the first lady like there are just so many storylines uh-huh this movie does that okay in a TV movie format okay so not quite the same because the those other movies I mentioned I think have kind of like vignettes well they're basically. trying hard yeah, yeah. So the movie opens with uh, with pilots in an airplane, mm-hmm. and as they're flying, they're like, everything looks good. And then the calendar ticks over to January 1st uh-huh. of 2000, and uh, in, a, in a control room, uh, one character goes, <laughs> coming in like a bird. There it is. Midnight. <laughs> Still think the sky is falling, Nikki Little? Wait, did... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Is it that midnight came in like a bird? No, 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 no. The plane, okay, which is okay, a flying okay. thing, much like a bird. No, I know, but whatever. The order of things I thought that you're like, it came in, coming in like a bird. Midnight. <laughs> Tomorrow's coming in like a bird. <laughs> like come in like a lamb, leave like a lion or whatever I guess, it's called. I guess, I don't know. So um, it turns out our main character is uh, Nick Cromwell. Okay. Um, so when this character says, still think the sky is falling, Nicky Little. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a Chicken Little joke. It's a joke on Chicken Little, but I didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh-huh. It's like, Nick and, Nick and Little? What did he say? <laughs> like, Look, I know about Chicken Little, but do you, that many people know about Chicken Little? Is he only named Nick <laughs> so they can do the wonderful Chicken Little joke? Nicky Little? Probably. Anyway, <laughs> the guy goes, still think the sky is falling, Nicky Little? And he goes... <laughs> Not the sky I'm worried about. He means the plane. I'm worried about the plane falling. Right. So in the in the control room, Nick Cromwell is anxiously listening while the pilots start going, well, wait a minute. What's going on? Something starts going wrong. All the lights to all the runways at the airport have blinked out. It's pitch black. The aviation gear starts going crazy. They say they've got a dual engine flame out. Seriously, if there was any risk of this yeah. at all. Yeah. They just wouldn't fly that. Well, don't night. worry. You got Nikki Cromwell on the case <laughs> because they say Mayday, Mayday, and then uh, uh, one of the guys goes, "We lost him. What do we do?" And Special Agent Nick Cromwell goes, "Be grateful that it was only a test." <laughs> this is the cold open. This is the cold open. <laughs> Look, they got me to Y two K countdown got to me. chaos. William, I did not think that was a cold open. Oh. Oh, uh, so now they effective, debate. Effective, effective. They debate what should happen, and Kristen Nick Cromwell, he might be a fan of yours because he says that we should ground commercial aviation. <laughs> yeah. And he explains. He says, "You brought me out here to find problems. Tomorrow night is New Year's Eve. Tomorrow night, they, they should have gotten started I'm about on this. To say a long time ago, a good while ago. Yes. He's like, you brought me out here to find problems. Well, I found one." Tomorrow's New Year's Eve. Yeah. Well, don't even bother bringing this guy out then, because it's too late to do anything. Well, I don't know. But, but you sh- you certainly should have done stuff earlier, they but should. I would call this a better late than never situation. Well, they do later almost contradict this, mm-hmm. because they go, we've been working on this for years. <laughs> Which seems to contradict the line, you just brought me in tomorrow's New Year's Eve. But yeah. they eventually say, we've been working on this for years, run thousands of simulations. But simulations are guesses. If anyone tells you they know what's going to happen tomorrow, they're lying. Mm. And then the guy, then, and then, then just ground everything. <laughs> well, real quick, they're in a control room. They're all like, it's a bunch of people sitting around a long table. Mm-hmm. Special Special Agent Nick Cromwell says, if if anyone tells you what they know what's going to happen tomorrow, they're lying. And then the guy at the head of the table goes, "All right, everyone, go home, get some sleep." <laughs> No, this is all hands on deck time. <laughs> do, it, do it right now. Do it now. You have to do it now. This is when you should not go home and get some sleep. No. I know crunch is bad. 
Yeah. But everyone's talking about like the world ending. Yeah, it's different. So his wife- Even Nick, I would stay up. Special Agent Nick Cromwell's wife is a nurse on the West Coast. He's on the East Coast. Uh-huh. And she, while they're talking, goes, so how are you? How is my favorite complex systems failing guy? <laughs> Which is how they explain to us what he is, I guess. I don't know. They talk about their daughter who wants to go to a New Year's Eve party. Uh-huh. And they're talking on the phone. He and his wife are talking on the phone while he is IMing, instant messaging with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And they put that text on screen. So I've copied it down here. So N. Cromwell 2749, mm-hmm. Nikki Little, yeah. writes, What time did you get home last night? His daughter Kelly, screen name Kel Crom, nice. writes, Obviously, you talked to Mrs. Grinch, meaning her mommy. Mommy. I was with Chaos and Clipper. The car broke down. Oh, boy. Uh, these two. These Chaos hacker and friends? Kristen? Hackers? These two are hackers. I knew. <laughs> Chaos and Clipper. How did you know? I don't know. Would you believe I... that both their names start with a K? <laughs> yes, Chaos I would. Chaos and Clipper? Yes, I would. You believe me? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, of course it's true. <laughs> Are they hackers? Yeah, they yeah, they okay. matter not at all. Oh, okay. They don't really factor. They drive in a van. Mm-hmm. They have internet service as they drive in this van. Hmm. I don't know how they're well, doing they're it. they're hackers. They figured it they, out. They figured it out. And they, they have hack. you seen the movie Hackers? Not in a long time. I've actually never seen it. Really? Yeah. Well, next week, you know I want to... Oh, right. You know okay. What I want to do next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do some uh, techno... Is, that, is there a horror aspect to Hackers, though? I, I don't care. Oh, okay. All right. Great. I've got some techno horror that I want to watch. I want to watch outdated, outdated. Ho- I want to watch fear.com. Oh, yeah. I want to watch, I we- I want I to watch to... movies about evil websites. I was about to marry myself to hackers, but there might be something else I want to watch. Maybe we'll, we'll find an excuse for mm-hmm. hackers. So um, uh, at, uh, they end their conversation here. He asks, he goes, well, I got her a gift. Does she still want one of those little backpacks? And he holds. Oh, my God. It's like it was written today to... <laughs> like be emblematic of 1999 he picks something up and he's holding it and i like leaned in to be like what is are you looking back? at i don't know what's happening i totally forgot this existed teeny yeah tiny little backpacks yes that had a large backpack strap yeah so that you could wear the backpack mm-hmm. with a strap over each arm, but it would just be a teeny tiny. It was basically like a wallet that had <laughs> back yes. straps. Did you ever have this? Yeah. Wow. I forgot this was a thing and yeah. I was watching this and I even love that the character phrases it the way that I would say. Yeah, teeny tiny Does backpack. she still want one of those little backpacks? <laughs> I don't know what they're called. <laughs> right. Little bat. I don't think it's it was a, a name. Backpack. Yeah. So anyway, his wife says, like, I'm, I'm happy that you're at the controls uh-huh. of the world. I, I don't know what he's supposed to do. So we cut and we get to meet another character. He's a military guy. And he's like, uh, uh, you boys go out and have a, a good time. It's my job to stay in the base. I'm the boss after all. I'll celebrate New Year's when I'm out of the service or something. Yeah. Cuts to him in his office. He's got a big American flag behind his desk, and he puts a record on. Uh huh. And he goes and gets himself a beer. That record, Old Lang Syne. <laughs> He's listening to <laughs> listening Old to Lang Syne, Old Lang Syne by a- yourself alone. is really weird. It was so weird. Yeah. And then a plane. He's the only person who's ever done that. And then a plane explodes. <laughs> They're like, "Oh no, no! <laughs> we should have known." And it turns out we're on a military base at the first point on the planet where midnight happens. So Y two K just happened for that base. Right. Right. And it's a, a warning to everybody else of what's to come. Okay. All right. Now, William, you told me to keep you honest. We got twelve minutes. Okay. All right. They at a certain point. Okay. More time passes. People in the U.S., Special Agent Nick Cromwell, Nikki Little, is watching footage of France celebrating uh-huh. midnight. Um, and after the ball drops in France, uh, the lights all go dark and people start screaming. And somebody says, oh, the city of lights has gone dark. Which I feel might have been in the pitch for this yeah, movie maybe. to be made. Why didn't the guy in the military base like warn France? <laughs> I, well, you know, but... Yeah, he had to finish the song. Yeah, he's, I guess he's so. listening. Yeah, um, uh, there, there's only one moment in the movie where Nick Cromwell cracks a smile, mm-hmm. and it's they, they cut to him and he's flipping through the TV, and he lands on Jay Leno. This was so Eric, he's relatable. This is an NBC TV movie. Uh huh. So yeah. I realized this must mean it's eleven thirty. <laughs> it's almost midnight. <laughs> 
and he's watching Jay Leno. Wait, that's also weird to be watching Jay Leno on New Year's Eve. I, I wanted to check and I didn't get to. Maybe and you I can don't pull this up think, in your calendar. Yeah. What day of the week was New Year's Eve 1999? Well, also, there would be New Year's Eve programming on. It's not just the regular. Yeah, you're right. They would be cutting to. They would be airing like the ball dropping. It wouldn't yeah. be the Tonight Show. No, no. I don't understand. No. So here's what Jay Leno is doing. It's just an ad for Jay Leno. Yes. J- he, he appears twice in this movie. <laughs> Jay Leno is sitting on his desk wearing a tuxedo. You don't see that a lot. No. He, in turn, is watching a television on set of people at Times Square. Okay. There are people with doomsday signs that say the end is near, which you just explained why that would be. Mm-hmm. Here is the joke that I wrote down that he says. You know, these guys think the world's going to end tomorrow. So, so what are they doing on their last day on Earth? They go to Times Square and walk with signs. Why would you want to do that on your last day? Good. Thank you. I fixed it. Yeah. What do they do on their wedding night? Go to the DMV and stand in line? And then, <laughs> that was the joke. Yeah. Special Agent Nick... Cromwell. Cromwell laughs. And then he goes, look, on your last night on Earth, go find that girl from high school that would never go out with you. Go get her. <laughs> no, guess what? She still doesn't want you. That's it. She still does not want you. Because that's her equivalent of going to the DMV on her last night. It's like, right. ugh. I, gotta... I have to be with you? Yeah, right. Her I last no. night on Earth, though, mm. she gets to shut you down again. Ooh, that is pretty good. On her final night, she gets to go, yeah. no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said no. I don't like you. <laughs> Agent Nick Cromwell, (laughs) Mr. Leno. So new couple, new characters. They're on a date night. He has booked a horse-drawn carriage ride. Mm -hmm. In real life, for me, I just watched the episode of The Simpsons where Kramer feeds Beefarino to a horse. You mean Seinfeld. What did I say? The Simpsons. (laughs) I don't have enough time to fix things. It's okay. Go ahead. I won't interrupt anymore. So she, the, the, the girlfriend gets in the car and her line is, ooh, strawberries in the winter and a carriage to Times Square for the millennium. You're amazing. And then his response is this. And I, I, I think I wrote it right. Cause I don't know if I heard this right. He goes, well, when you work your way through law school, mucking stars, no idea what he said. No idea. What Must that have been w- mucking stalls. Maybe I have no idea what this. I know mean. mucking stalls is a thing. Mucking stalls. Uh-huh. This might make more sense then. Cause he goes, when you work your way through high through law school mucking stalls, you meet all the right people, right, Frank? Oh, and yeah. And then the carriage driver turns and tips his hat. <laughs> anyway, he asks her to marry okay, him. Okay, so he was cleaning the dog, or not the dog shit, the horse shit out of horse stalls to get through In law, law school. To pay for law school, I guess. But he said, oh, when you work your way through law school mucking stalls, I paid. So he met Frank. Oh, okay. I thought it was about what he did in law school that was hard. Right. Okay. Understood. Understood. Mm-hmm. So he's going to ask her to marry him. 95% of all flights are on the ground. Uh-oh. A plane is la- due to land in D.C. at 1230. Nick no. is getting on what they called like a super jet or something <laughs> to get to the West Coast. But at the airport, he overhears that a plane hasn't landed yet. And he goes, tell me when our plane's ready. And they go, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to the control tower. I was like, Who You're are a, you? you can just do that? Yeah, right, sir. What? And when he goes to the control tower, um, a guy up there goes, who are you? And he goes, special agent Nick Cromwell. And the guy goes, you, you're the guy that made me ground all those flights. Good job. this is fantastic so now it's 11 58 p.m oh my god we're gonna get close Kristen. i look at the timestamp on the movie i'm 30 minutes in oh my god there's an hour to go (laughs) what else is gonna happen i start panicking because it took me it took me like three hours to watch that 30 minutes of this movie i start freaking out i start looking at the real clock i'm like i gotta do a show I start panicking. Kristen, okay. Thankfully, it gets so boring from here. This was all this was all the setup. Everything I just told you is the setup to the movie. Yeah. (laughs) So uh here's the rest of what I wrote, and I'll just tell you some stuff I remember now. Great. So um uh everybody in Times Square, now it's the countdown. They're going nine, eight. I think I'm ready for it to go three, two, one. Uh-huh. Happy. Yeah. Yeah, the grid goes down. They go, Happy New Year. Woo. Yeah. A few minutes pass. 
Uh huh. And and everyone's celebrating, and the couple. He asked her to marry him. She says yes. And then a few awkward beats later, then the billboards start turning off. And I'm like, not nothing's right. Why? Three, two, one, lights out. Totally. Screams. Yeah. No. Nothing in this movie is like paced right. How strange. It doesn't make any sense. So um, uh, the couple that's now engaged, she says to him, Steve, I love you and I will marry you. But first, let's get the hell out of here. Okay. <laughs> Just like definitely a line before a commercial break or something. Yeah, you know? totally. Good um, thing he's got Frank in his pocket. Uh, that's true. Now I start getting confused. Um, they're in the control room right after Times Square goes dark. They go. We lost power in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Scranton, too. Huh. They say nothing about Times Square. <laughs> it's weird. It's just weird. Yeah. The rest of the movie is about Special Agent Nick Cromwell saving a nuclear power plant on the West Coast. It is boring. It is meaningless. Yeah. And they all of a sudden are talking a whole lot about how they lost Sweden. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to double back and figure out what happened. There was a nuclear plant in Sweden. Mm. Everyone died. Oh, God. Everybody died. And now this nuclear plant on the west coast of the United States is thinking, well, we're going to follow suit. Mm -hmm. But no, Special Agent Nick Cromwell is here to save the day. Right. Not only that, as uh, you recall, I brought up Independence Day. Yeah. His father gets involved. Oh, that seems like it's a direct response to Independence Day. We've got a real Judd Hirsch, Jeff Goldblum thing going on now. Really? That culminates with Nick Cromwell and his father running around a nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we've already lost. We're going to lose it. All we can do is evacuate. And Nick goes, I don't think so. Dad, <laughs> when you were saving those astronauts during Apollo 13. <laughs> Is you that were, the first mention of the fir- Well, the first time I heard it, certainly, yeah. where I'm like, who's, who's, what? He goes, remember what you told him to do? What saved the day, dad? And the dad goes, love? Hit it with a hammer. Oh, hit it with a hammer. And then Nick doesn't hit it, anything with a hammer, but he's- he hit him with the hind? He, or? Hits, he, he hits him with the hind. <laughs> Baba Booey. Yeah. And he manages to open floodgates and cool the reactor, and it couldn't be more boring. Huh. The last fun thing I have to say to you that happens in the movie is the daughter ran away to go to a party. Everything turned out actually kind of okay. Oh, okay. But her mom was like, where are you? And then they meet up and it's fine. Yeah. And the mom's last line to the daughter is, okay, but if you do this next millennium. <laughs> Which is a great line. That is good. So here's some information from Wikipedia. The film's airing sparked a controversy after utility and banking industry trade associations, including the Edison Electric Institute, asked TV stations not to air the film, <laughs> which would have done better for the film. Yeah. People would have been like, oh, we yeah, might have, what we, is maybe this? we missed out on something great. Yeah, it's like a banned movie. Exactly. Um <clears throat> Uh, Before the film aired, executive producer David Israel called the concerns silly. Quote, my guess is some of the things we say are going to happen might happen, and some we we say might happen won't happen, he told Variety. It's not like Y2K is some big secret. The film was harshly criticized by critics and preceded by a disclaimer that said, this program does not suggest or imply that any of these events could actually occur. (laughs) Which is important to know. Yes. Uh, executive uh, producer David Israel and his partner Patrick Cadell developed the idea in the summer of 1998. Mm. So they had to make this thing pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, we were sitting at my kitchen table and concocting this thing. We went and pitched it. Frankly, I was astonished that nobody else pitched it. We were able to clear the title Y2K. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> I was surprised we were the only fictional thing that got made. Yeah, that is surprising. I was surprised too. Yeah. But thank God I got to see it. Yes. I do not recommend anybody watch Y2K. <laughs> what is it called? Chasm to Chaos or something? Yeah. <laughs> Countdown to Chaos, a.k.a. Y2K the movie. Chasm to Chaos is a good name. From Chasm to Chaos. Yeah. Uh, but I do recommend the first 30 minutes. Right. Uh, which is all I could really focus Where on. Where did you watch it? Like, YouTube. What stri- nice. Did you have to pay for it? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. All right, good. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Well, that is the guide to the unknown guide yeah. to Y2K. And I think it was pretty exhaustive and factual. Comprehensive. Now you know everything about it. Mm-hmm. What else is there to learn? Nah, put that baby to bed. Nothing. 
So thank you so much. We hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you would like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gttupod. There we have a number of tiers that you can choose from. So you can either get a new show every week, a new show every other week, or a new show every four weeks. There's also a a discord with everybody from patreon in it it's super super cool that's also where we live stream all of our episodes so go to patreon.com slash gttu pod and thank you so much to everybody who is a current patron that's right the most recent episode that is on the patreon feed Kristen and i are continuing to play the video game alan wake mm-hmm. it's an episodic game so we just played the entirety of episode two yeah you can pick it up we explain what happened before you won't be lost if no. you check that out that is for demons only mm-hmm and this coming Monday, mm-hmm. Kristen and I are going to be sharing our thoughts and our review of the new Scream movie. Yes. Which comes out this weekend. As people listen to this when it drops on Friday. Mm-hmm. We, we will have already seen it. Once. We'll have known all the secrets once. And we will have seen it a second time in a 4DX screening on Friday. That's right. That's where they like make snow happen in the theater. If it's snowing in the movie, presumably. Right. <laughs> Pres- presumably. They, maybe they just want to show off and make it snow in there. I, I, I got to see what that's like. I know. So we're actually seeing it multiple times over the weekend. So yes. we'll be able to give a comprehensive review mm-hmm. thursday night screening 40x on friday and the yep. dolby screening on sunday mm-hmm. i do realize it's extreme and i can't wait yes uh but check that out that's going to be coming up on monday for the banshee tier and the demon tier mm-hmm. um, and as always when we cover movies it will be spoiler free to start and we will give adequate warning yeah before we start spoiling the movie that's right so don't worry you can start in safe yep with the knowledge that we'll tell you when to get out if you're afraid of spoilers. Yes. But I am very excited about the new Scream movie. We've Hell got, yeah. honestly, tons of Scream material out on the Patreon yeah. right now, including commentary tracks for the first four movies. Mm-hmm. And um, we will be doing a fifth once it comes out. Yeah. I th- you know, at home. Yeah, on home release, probably, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm super excited. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you check that out, everybody. Patreon.com slash GTTUpod. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to GTTUpod.com where you can find things like links to our merch. I keep getting notifications of people buying hats and yep. shirts and stuff, which is really cool. You can find our Contact Us page with our uh, uh, Gmail address, with our P.O. box if you want to send things in. Mm-hmm. Special shout out to anybody who might be running promotions for anything. You can use our P.O. box to send us your alternate reality game stuff or, mm-hmm. you know, it may not make the show. It's at our discretion. But yeah, if you're if you're out there and you work for a company that sends stuff out, put us on your mailing list. I yeah. want to see some crazy stuff come through. By there. all means. Because every once in a while, I hate to I don't want to call us influencers, but sometimes people get stuff like a, there was a scream postcard. Yeah. I, I want to be getting that stuff. Yeah, I do, too. Hook us up. Uh, and uh, yeah. Make sure you follow at GTTUPod all over the place to keep up with what we're doing. We're also now on TikTok mm-hmm. at GTTUPod. We're going to be sharing some uh, fast facts about spooky stuff. Yep. And you can also reach out to us directly. Yep. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at The Myth Traveler. Thanks again to Mom, Kathy yes. Rogers. Special thanks. For your special appearance. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be back next week for some more... I think outdated techno horror. We sure will. Which I'm so excited about. Yeah. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld go we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. What is it? Well. What? Well, I was going to ask what it is you're so excited about looking at next week. Like fear.com. I yeah, don't know right, what that right, is, right. but I assume it's a haunted website. Yeah, I think it must be. I can't wait. Yeah. I it's know. just so stupid. I know.